Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lions Den podcast, episode number 28. I'm your host, Fetty, and alongside me today is a very, very special guest. Um, you're going to want to, you know, hear the whole interview, so keep up. And you might actually know that, you know, I might have just given away who it is by saying that. But um, my next guest is not only a super interesting person, but he's also um, verified on TikTok, which is super cool. We're going to talk about that. Uh, but uh, without further ado, everyone, meet Chris Fahmy. How are you, bro? Hey, buddy. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well. I appreciate your time, dude. Thanks so much. Absolutely, man. It's a pleasure. I know we we're uh, trying to get it going for a while, but I'm happy you're able to find the time. Yeah, yeah. I know the last time we booked it, I don't even remember what happened, but uh, here we are and uh, I- I'm ready, man. I was trying to come up with like a cool little intro for you, but you do so many things that <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm going to just mention one thing and then we'll we'll uncover the rest during the interview. So I actually want to ask you how, because uh, last week uh, we initially were... When I asked you, it was November 3rd, and you're like, no, can do, sir. I'm uh, stock trading because of the election, and what a week it's been. So uh, how, how's your last week been? I know it's been probably wild on your end. Dude, it's it's intense. Like I, All my businesses, everything I do is in, in America, so I have a lot of American business interests. And so I, you know, I'm watching it closely because a lot of things affect what I'm doing. But if we're talking about the stock market in particular, it was a very good week last week. I'll put it that way. So... Um, you know, I'm I'm like pretty active in it, so able to find a lot of good opportunities. Last week it was it was definitely a profitable one, and today it's still going. So we'll see. I'm I'm a bit uh, defensive right now because I don't know what's going to happen, but but um, we'll see. Fair enough. It's all up in the air. We'll we'll see how it goes. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so pretty pretty much for anyone who doesn't know who Chris is, Chris is a person who wears many many hats, and we're gonna hopefully talk about a bunch of them today. Um, so let's just get right into it, man. So obviously. You know, you're not really working for anyone right now. So what is it that you do currently? Okay, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> um, it's sometimes I find it a little bit tough to answer that sometimes. Um, long story short, I'm an entrepreneur. So I own uh, multiple businesses across a few different, um, I guess, kind of business areas that I'm personally interested in. Um, I mean, really high level. There are three main things that I um, I kind of categorize my businesses as the first thing is online marketing. So I do a lot of stuff online. Um, the second thing is investments, whether that be, um, you know, trading or real estate. I'm, I'm heavily invested in both of them. And, um, okay. the last thing is like my online, my social media presence, which is, you know, the TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. So keep up all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm excited to, to just learn more about that and how you got to this level. But let's let's sort of zoom out a little bit and, and get the full picture. So what was your educational path? Like, what did you do or what did you study to get to where you are now? Was it relevant at all to what you're doing? <laughs> the funny thing is, um, well, OK, so I went to university at McMaster. I graduated with a civil engineering and business degree. Um, I, I realized in my last year that I hated engineering um, which is, it was a five-year program, so it took me a while to figure that part out. Um, but I've always loved yeah. business, and, um, you know, the business courses I took, I don't know if it necessarily helped, but what, what engineering did help me with, honestly, is it taught me how my brain works. So it taught me how to learn, um, which yeah. I found very, very useful. So once you kind of learn about yourself, you learn about how you can learn things faster, and you start to learn where your strengths and weaknesses are, it becomes a lot easier to learn anything really, really fast, as long as you know how yeah. to do it, right? So that's one thing that engineering did teach me. Um, it's like one of those intangible skills, but 
I do not use it anymore. I mean, it's civil engineering. I've never designed a bridge or like looked at the stress <laughs> on an on a beam. But like the um the the way my mind works, that's what I learned from engineering. And the networking yeah. was great. Yeah, that's very interesting. So first off, I've had a ton of engineers on here. They always somehow end up being engineers no matter what they're doing. Their background <laughs> always ends up being engineering. And to your point, I actually think that this uh, the way that, you know, the way that brain works and for an engineer is very different. But I also feel like they're kind of born with it. Like it's your brain either works that way or it doesn't. I don't know if you can teach that very well, but it's very interesting, man. Like, you know, you say you don't use it, but I bet that you use it more than you think you do. It's probably just yeah. like subconscious use of, yeah, of that mean, part of your brain. Like I said, like I, I've, I've kind of learned how to learn from it. Um, one thing yeah. that you're definitely right. Some people are more, you know, left brain, right brain. Some are more logical, some are more creative. I had to start building my creative side because I'm not naturally – I don't think I'm a very naturally creative person, but I've had to build that. I'm more of a, I guess, kind of logical numbers guy, which is kind of why engineering was kind of a natural – movement for me because you know i've been good at math and physics but um you right, know you yeah. can, i think i think you can learn it um but it depends if people are willing to even put in the time for that some people just don't really need it or, or want to do it, which is completely fine but for me yeah. the things that i wanted to do i had to learn how to get creative so that's kind of why that side i wanted to learn that side of things Fair enough, man. Fair enough. So you started, you were saying, you know, I, I realized late in my university career that I actually didn't like what I was doing, but I, I did gravitate towards the business side of it. And mm. when you and I were talking, you told me that you had started your first couple of businesses in university. And uh, I think you had actually sold one of them. So mm. I just want to know, learn more about that. So what was the business or what were the businesses that you started uh, in university? Yeah. Okay. So it's a funny story. Um, so what happened is that when I was in my first year of university, okay, um, you know, I'm, I'm a young kid. I think when I graduate, I'm going to be making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I'm going to do like big, big things, <laughs> you know? So I'm, I'm like so excited. I get my first summer job. Okay. First summer job, I work at a pharmaceutical company, um, with do like helping the sales team. You know, it's a, it's a kind of a desk job, but I'm thinking, you know, I'm, it's going to be like so exciting. <clears throat> so I get to my first day of work and I look around me. And there are people that are in their mid-30s, early 40s, some late 40s, and they have university degrees, but I became – like I got the fear of God. In, like I was so scared. <laughs> I was like I cannot work that many years and still be doing this kind of stuff. So I was like, holy yeah. smokes. I can't do this. I got to figure something out. So um, in that summer, I was like freaking out because I was also – you know, I had some free time. They would give me work. I'd finish it in like the first hour and then I have seven hours to do whatever I wanted to do. So half time I was right, looking at yeah, like yeah. Ferraris, Lamborghinis, thinking of how I'm going to pay for that. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm not going to be able to afford a $300,000 car. I, I, I'm making like 15 bucks an hour. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh man, exactly. Okay, who are the, who are the people that can afford this kind of stuff? And so I started looking at that and I was like, everyone that can is a business owner. So I was like, okay, well that's, obviously what I'm going to do then. So um, I started looking into, you know, businesses that I could run. And for me, when I was in my first year of university, I lived on campus. So um, we had, you know, we actually, we were lucky. So we had neighbors next door and our floor. Um, it was, a, it was a, like a room of girls and they were all super, super nice. And, you know, they're very, very clean and we're a group of four guys um, which I don't think we're too messy, but you know, our kitchen and bathroom needed work. So we literally actually <laughs> yeah, for sure. paid them. Yeah. We paid them to come and clean our stuff. Sometimes they loved it. They got the extra money. We loved it because they didn't want to deal with that stuff. I was like, you know what? Right. It's not just me that wants this service. Um, why don't I start a cleaning company? 
So first thing I – during that summer between my first and second year, I started a cleaning company. I, I built like a website, very basic website. Um, I, I um, contacted one of the girls that was like cleaning my stuff and then some other people that I knew wanted to work. Um, and I started the first – during Frost Week when everyone was out partying, I was like walking door to door on in all like the neighborhoods that has like students and just telling people about the cleaning company. And um, it was a freaking hustle, a lot, a lot of work. We ended up getting some customers. For sure. Right? And and I started – I'll never forget the first time I actually made money um, where I didn't work. You know, because like you know, I tell the the employees like where, where to go. They'd go and then they'd pay and then I'd go and collect the money from them. And I'll never, I'll never forget. I made $30. And I just looked at that money and I just couldn't believe that I made this out of thin air. It was crazy. And I, I got – it was like a drug. Yeah. Like I got hooked on it. Um, so it was so fun to like see that going. But one thing I didn't put into my calculations is that students have no money. All right. So yeah. I was like, yeah. All right, I was going to ask gonna, that. Exactly. So this is going to be a problem because, you know, people want it, but they don't want to pay whatever I'm charging. So I'm like, all right, I got to figure something else. So, um, so that company, I, I continued throughout my entire second year. I even continued it for a bit in my third year, but then between my second and third year in that summer, that's when I started a tutoring company. So it's called Mind Over Matter Tutoring. Um, I basically hired only certified teachers. So I do ads on, um, like online to find teachers and I'd interview them. Right, it was yeah. kind of, kind of crazy because I'm like still in university. I'm interviewing people that are much, much older. <laughs> um, certified teachers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I do like ads online, um, a lot of word of mouth and stuff like that. And we end up getting a significant amount of customers because I was like, Students have no money, but I know parents have money, so I started just going to parents instead. Um, and then yeah, absolutely. We started, yeah, we started to really grow like surprisingly fast. And then I, I, um, I continued that for third year, fourth year, and fifth year, and it got pretty good. Like I was making pretty decent money. Um, and then what happened is, as soon as I graduated, I wanted to learn how to code websites. So I spent literally three months straight just coding, learning how to code websites. And I built an entire kind of back end for my online, for my tutoring company. So everything became automated. So I kind of automated that business. And that is kind of what enabled me to sell that. So I can kind of build that system and yeah, then sell okay. it off to somebody. And that's what I did. Interesting. So what do you mean by automated it? Like what did you, so everything, I guess there was no manpower involved. You would just go online yeah, so, and say that you want someone to tutor so yes. you for X amount of subjects and then that? Mm, that's a good question. So there's still some stuff that I didn't automate. But the thing that I did automated is the back end. So a tutor would basically be able to go in, submit their hours online. It would automatically tell them how much I owe them at the end of the week or at the end of every two weeks. Um, and then parents would go on and pay online. They could see how many, how many hours they had left in their contract. So everything was kind of seamless. And all I had to do really, if I didn't want to grow anymore, all I had to do was, um, was um, make sure I paid the employees at the end of um, every other week. Right. So that's how that right, kind of okay. built out. So in terms of the ads and stuff like that, I could, I still had to do it if I wanted to grow more. Um, but at that point I wasn't really interested in growing it as much as I kind of wanted to just, um, sell it. So I built that work for, I think it was about another six months and then I sold that off. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Very interesting, man. So yeah. you, you put in, you put in this work while you were a student, then you just sat down and you're like, yeah, I'm going to automize this whole website. And then how did mm -hmm. you find someone to buy it? Like, where did you come across a buyer? Were you actively trying to sell? Uh, or did someone just kind of knock on your door and say, Hey, let me, uh, let me get this off you. Yeah. So that's a really good question. I, w I reached out to some people and some people reached out to me. 
Um, but it was actually one of my tutors that wanted to buy it. And she was an incredible, oh, wow. incredible tutor. One of, like, I, I used to love hooking up with students because students loved her. She was so, so good at it. So I knew she'd be good at running the company as well. Um, and that was it. I mean, I was so lucky because she reached out to me. She wanted to go ahead with it. There were some other people, but I trusted her the most. And I knew she would be able to right, make yeah. it work. Um, so we kind of just had like a, a great deal between each other. It was really simple, actually. It wasn't as um, complicated as some other business sales could go. But this one was really good. Um, her and I, we had a great connection. It worked out well. So I was very fortunate with this sale, to be honest. I know this, like selling a business could be very, very difficult. I got lucky with it, thankfully. That's amazing, man. I'm happy to hear that. And it's just a testament of hard work as well. So it's a congratulations to you on that. And then at that point, you, so you were just graduating. You had just sold a business. So you were kind of like, okay, now I need something else to do. I don't really want to work for someone, but I want to get back into owning my own business. So mm -hmm. what did you do? 2016, what kind of business did you start? And um, I'm excited to talk about this because this came with a lot of adversity. So can you just tell me about, you know, that that business or th that time, what kind of businesses you started in 2016? Yeah, absolutely. Because this is where kind of things get really rocky in my story. Um, what happened is I I graduated, I had sold that and I was working in real estate investment. Um, I wanted to get out of it. I had about $20,000 left. And so I was like, okay, um, I see there's this, this online marketing world where people are making so much money and... Um, I can work from anywhere. I can work from here or I can be literally on the beach in Greece and working, um, do my thing and still getting paid. I was like, this is the best thing of all time. I had this money left. Right. I heard about this thing called Amazon FBA. So that's basically, long story short, a way for anyone, me or you or anybody else, to put products on literally Amazon.ca or Amazon.com and sell that to people. And I'm like, I buy a lot of things online on, on Amazon. Um, I know a lot of people, a lot of other people that do as well. So let me try this. So did my homework, did some research, found that, you know, you have to look at certain metrics to find out which products to sell. So I thought I had the best product. I invested literally all my money into it in the marketing, all that kind of stuff. And within like three, four months, and this is 2016, uh, within like literally three, four months, I lost everything. And that was the end of my money because I had nothing. I had no job. Oh, wow. I had no, no income. And um, at that point, I was paying rent. I had come up with an agreement and was paying rent. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be an issue, right? So that this business didn't work and I lost everything. Um, on top of that, they're taking a lot of money from my, like, from my card because I'm keeping inventory in the Amazon warehouses. So I was like, you know, I just have to cut it off. I just have to like cut it off and figure this stuff out because I, I had no money. Right now I'm dipping into credit. I can't really do yeah. that. So I basically paid off everything, told Amazon to literally burn my inventory. So that's literally what they did. They, they burn inventory if it's not working. So they burned that. Oh, this wow. is October of 2016. And I'll never forget it. I was actually, um, I was watching, I went to the movies with my cousin. And um, this is the first day I had no money. I couldn't pay rent. This was basically the day I was supposed to pay rent. I had nothing. So I went to the movies with my cousin Watch the movie. I don't really remember which one, to be honest, but uh, we went our separate ways. He went to his place, and I actually slept in my car uh, behind the Tim Hortons in Mississauga. And that was the first time, the first day out of 30 days, where I slept in my car um, to basically make money back and try to figure something out. Um, so what happened is that after that first day of sleeping in my car, I was, like, really down, obviously. 
But I was like, I'm not yeah, gonna let myself stay absolutely. here. You know, you know it, it gets to a point where you know your worth and you know how much you're you're capable of. And if you're not reaching yeah. that, it like stokes a fire in you. And I had a crazy fire in me. So that exact next day, um, I went online. I started looking for jobs. By the way, Fetty, I hate jobs. Okay, I hate the idea of someone telling me. <laughs> You're only going to get paid this much. You only have this much vacation time. You have to come in from this time to this time. I hate it. Yeah, for sure. Right? So I had to literally just suck it up because I needed money. Um, so I found pretty much the first job I could get, which was um, doing telemarketing for a solar, pa- solar panel company. So um, I basically got an interview pretty quickly because I had some good sales background. Um, got an interview, and I got the job. And I started working literally um, – I think it was about – two weeks or 10 days after my first day of sleeping in my car. And in exactly 30 days from the first day I slept in my car, I got my first paycheck, paid it, finally slept on a bed. And I got to say, that was the, the best sleep of my life, hands down. Um, Can't so, even imagine, man. Yeah, that was... that was So, really so I want to unpack a bit of that. I want to unpack a bit of that because that was definitely a lot of information. So um, you started the business back in 2016. You had this idea um, that you're like, hey, this product is great. I'm going to resell this to people and it's going to go super well. And then, you know, in the first three or four months, you're like, okay, you wound up with zero dollars and a whole lot of reality to deal with. Mm. So I just want to hear from you at that moment. What was the feeling like? Like, how does it feel when you when you've hit that moment that in your mind at that point, this is rock bottom? Like, what does that what does that feel like? And how do you how do you pick yourself up so fast from that? It's a good question. You know, I never looked at it as like I never like let myself feel pity for myself. You know what I mean? Because I don't really care about always the whole thing I'm thinking of is damn, when I make it, this is going to be a really good story. And that went through my mind every single night. That's why, I mean, for me, it wasn't easy sleeping in my car, but it wasn't so hard because I knew this wasn't going to be it for a long time at all. I knew what I could do, you know? So that's kind of where my mindset was the entire time that, yeah, I'm doing this now. Yeah, I don't have any money now. I have literally negative money now. Um, But this is not going to last. And I know I believe in myself and I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of. And I know that above all else, life rewards effort. So I'm going to put in the effort. I'm going to put in the time. And no matter where I am right now, this is not where I'm going to end up. And that's just what I thought of the entire time, every single night. While I see my friends out like partying. Because this is October. It was Thanksgiving Day of 2016. So it was coming up. I'll never forget that. was the Halloween where I saw all my friends out in costumes and stuff. And I'm sleeping in my car because I can't afford to do anything. Um... I was like, this is really tough. And I cried myself to sleep a few times. I'm not going to lie. But um, I was like, you know what? This is not the end. There's only, it's only going to go up from here. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, how does how does an experience like that shape you moving forward? Like, how do you how do you come back from that? It's interesting. It's interesting, Fanny, because when I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, you know what? I'm really lucky because I went through that. I went basically as low as people can really I mean, you can go lower than that. I could have not had a car, you know, but, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I was grateful. At least I had somewhere to stay. And I'm also grateful that I'm, I'm in Canada. You know, you can't live in North America and not think that you're in the best place in the whole world. The fact that I can go from that to literally a year later, which I know we'll get into, to where I was, you know, it's like, I'm so grateful that I'm in a place like that, that if I have to go back to it, I'm like, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. You know, yeah, it's yeah, okay sure. to, to have to deal with that stuff. 
And now the, where, where I'm at right now, it's kind of also shown me that it is possible to lose everything. So you have to prepare yourself and, and get yourself to the right point where you don't have to worry about that. You know, so that's the kind right. of stuff that keeps going Absolutely. through my head all the time that I could lose things. So I better not be spending all my money. And at this point, I pretty much reinvest like the vast majority of what I make, you know, because I know that I don't want to do that. If I have to, I can, but I want to get there. Hopefully I don't. But, um, you know, that's why I'm, I'm hard on like investing and, and building new businesses and building new income streams and stuff like that. Fair enough, man. That's uh, it, like it definitely teaches you to think in a certain way and to protect yourself in a certain way because you come across experiences that you've never, you know, faced in the past and adversity you've never come across. So it's definitely it's it's an awakening experience for sure. Absolutely. So from from that moment that you lost all the money, you were struggling. You had to go and get a job which you hate, and mm. you had to work to pretty much get yourself back into this. So did you give up on online marketing? Did you say, you know what, screw this, I'm I'm done. I'm going to do something else or did you try again with online marketing? Okay. So that's a good question. I did not give up on that because I knew people were doing it. And for me, I always have the mentality that if someone else can do it, obviously I can do it. You know, I've never ever thought that someone is smarter than me and they could do this or do that. That's not really how things work in my opinion, especially in business. Um, so I'm like, okay, someone else has figured it out. I'm sure I could do it too. So what happened is that um, I got that job. It was, I guess, middle of November. Um, when I got that job and then I towards in January, I think it was, it was exactly three months. So in January, I was like, I'm going to quit this job because I don't need it anymore. I kind of got myself on my feet. I was in a good place. I had some opportunities opening up for my own real estate business in the U S because I had some really cool opportunities. I hooked up with some great people. Um, they were doing some good investments in the U S. So I saw that, mm-hmm. um, as a potential income stream. And something that I could do because I, I I know I'm I've dealt with investments for a while, so I know how to do that kind of stuff. Um, so I saw that sure, opportunity. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I don't need this job. But also, my boss was like, if you ever want to come back, you're definitely there's definitely a spot for you. So I kind of had something that if all else failed, I could just go back. The risk was very low. I was barely making sure. I make three Fair grand enough. a month with that job. This like it's not you're not really making that much money, you know. So I was right. like, I don't have much to lose. I can go get it back anytime. I need to do something because I'm not happy. I, 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 bro, I can't, I can't get myself, I can't wrap myself, my head around someone telling me how much I'm allowed to make, you know. So I, I'm like, I'm always gonna work hard. So I don't want someone sure, telling me yeah. I'm gonna work hard, but I'm gonna make as much as someone else not working as hard. So you know, that's kind of my mentality of everything. So um, I quit the job, started working on the real estate stuff, but I had, I had saved a lot of my money. So I didn't make that much money. You know, I'm only working three months. It's about three to four grand a month because I got paid some commission. But I had some money. And I was like, you know what? I have to figure out this online marketing stuff. So I found a new way to do things. Um, so I started doing something called drop shipping, where you don't have to buy inventory. You can do everything without, um, without a big capital investment up front. So I was like, you know what? I can definitely do this. And I saw some strategies that allowed me basically to figure out how to do Facebook ads and run Facebook ads for like five to ten to maybe twenty dollars a day, and I'm like, okay, I lost twenty grand buying inventory, doing all this stuff on Amazon. I would have to be a dummy to lose twenty grand by spending five dollars a day. So like, I could definitely figure this one out. I have a lot of runway here, so I basically yeah. jumped into that. Um, that was in uh, April of 
it was around March or April when I finally kind of did my feet in and, and jumped into that. I was working on the real estate stuff for a little bit. Um, so I jumped in and within a, a month or two, I had found some winning products. I had finally started to make money. I never got my first sale on that. I like ran around my house. I actually lost $1 on my first sale, but I did not care because I was like, yo, I finally <laughs> know how to do this. So I'm running around. Like if I can make one sale, I can make a million sales. So I started doing that, um, started to get some sales, started to really ramp things up because I started to get some winners. And I put so much time and effort into it that uh, by the end of the year, I, I'll never forget, like within three or four months, I made about, actually, no, it was in two months where I made my first, I think, five or six grand US in profit. I was like, holy smokes, wow. that's crazy. So I started to build it so, more. So more. sorry, I, I want to interrupt you for a second there, Chris, because I want I want you to just clarify. Can you explain what drop shipping is to someone who may not really understand what it is? Absolutely. So basically, I find suppliers in um, in China that are selling different products. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll go on on Facebook. I'll go on a Shopify store that I build, and I will put a product. Let's say, for example, um, the product was um, some kind of headphones. Okay. I see these cool headphones and I think I can sell them. So I'll go on my Shopify store, I'll put these headphones on and then I'll go on Facebook and I'll sell the headphones for let's say 20 or 30 bucks, okay? Let's say I sell the headphones for 30 bucks and then I'll go to my, my supplier in China who I know sells them to me for $10. So I'm like, okay, perfect. I sold them for 30, he's gonna sell them to me for 10, so I make $20 profit on that. And then the supplier in China sends it directly to the customer, so I don't ever see the product. And that's kind of how I build it. Like I've, I've sold, at this point, a significant amount of things, and I've never actually seen the products. So I'm just kind of... Kind of so a, how, do you, how do you figure out what to sell? Like, how do you know what's, what's popping, what's not? Like, how do you figure out what to that's sell? That's a really good question. It all comes down to testing. And that's... Testing is... It's like, um, it's like a life belief that I have, for lack of a better term. I think you should test everything. You want to try real estate. You want to try stocks. You want to try drop shipping. You want to try this, that. Test it. Try it out for a few months. See how you like it. See how you like the lifestyle. See how you like um, the income. Is it working? So it's the same thing with products. I, I end up testing when I'm really ramping up. I'll test like 10 different products a day at this point because, you know, I built capital to be able to, to do that. So I'll test a bunch of different products a day. I'll see whatever sells. And then whatever sells, I'll scale up. Whatever doesn't sell, I'll turn those ads off. And that's kind of how you start building things. Because you don't know what's going to sell, but you're not also not the customer. I'm not the customer. I don't have the stuff I sell, I would never buy. But people do love that kind of stuff. So so pretty much you're going on you're finding a Chinese uh, supplier because they, they usually sell things at a really low cost. You're pretty much finding a product that you're like, okay, I think that this can sell. Let me post this onto my store. And then you post it at your own rate and then you just coordinate the sale. So really the overhead is minimal, if any. Just probably developing a website and having a Shopify account. The, the only expense is actually because even that's almost negligible. Shopify accounts like 30 bucks a month. The only thing that you're really paying for is the Facebook ads. You know, so you have to just make sure you're doing yeah, that. Okay. Right. It's actually it's, it's, so that's a fairly low cost, high potential profit business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, in my opinion, it's the best way to get started in online marketing because you can make like I know people that make seven figures a month only doing drop shipping. You know, so it's a there's a lot of potential in this kind of business, but um, you know, you got to start right. somewhere. You, you just, just gotta. 
Hmm? You got to come across a fidget spinner every month, I feel, to make seven <laughs> figures a month. <laughs> um, it's funny enough, actually, that that was like a fad, you know, but fads aren't as good. I, I like – those are just few and very far between. Fidget spinners, I don't right. know that make – literally, they're making five or $600,000 a month in revenue in their stores. But once that fad finished, their stores went to zero. So you can get lucky like that, of but course. it's not long-term. You got to figure out. You got to learn – how this worked craziest thing for me was the fact that they actually hit store shelves then i didn't think that it was like that significant like corporate companies were making fidget spinners with their names on them like it was a real thing crazy it's crazy it became a thing for a few months and then i just died all of a sudden but sorry what were you saying you're you're in the process of releasing your own thing yeah so i'm actually coming out with my own um product to teach people how to do shopify and also kind of go with like the mindset of all you know business mindset stuff like that so um, you know, that's going to be coming out hopefully the next uh, month or so, because I know a lot of people want to learn how to do Shopify. And, um, like I said, yeah, for sure. we're talking about now, there's a lot of potential in that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So from here, we, we see the, the birth of Chris, the online marketer through, you know, online shopping, you obviously started at a low point and then you found a way to pick yourself back up and then you found some success doing what you're doing. And then you became a TikTok celebrity. I want to know: was that like this? Is that like the, the the natural progression, or was there something that happened before that? And and like, how the heck did this happen, dude? Oh man, it's crazy! It's crazy. So basically, this all started December fourth, twenty nineteen. Okay, December fourth, twenty nineteen. I'm thinking I want to put start. That's not even a year ago. Yeah, almost exactly a year ago. And I'm thinking, I want to put some stuff on my Instagram because um, one thing, Fetty, that I do is I'm I'm getting into acting. So I was in some movies, some short films. It was um, there. I love acting. I enjoy the whole entire process of it. It's a lot of fun. Um, right. I've been doing classes for a while. Shout out to Alza Acting Studio in downtown Toronto. Great acting studio. So um, I've been doing acting for a while. I was in some short films, had a great time. I was like, you know what? This is something that I want to do. So now I started to have my, my Instagram kind of platform, right? And I want to start putting things on Instagram. You know, but what I'm, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to do photo shoots every day. I don't have this much content. So I was like, all right, right. I don't know what to do. And for me, especially back then, now caffeine doesn't hit me as hard because I've been doing it for a while, but caffeine <laughs> back then hit me hard. So I was literally super caffeinated at 1am in the morning, taking a shower. Um, it's actually at this point, December 5th. Okay. Um, so I'm taking a shower at 1am and I'm like, you know what? There is on TikTok, there's this green screen feature where I can put a picture behind me and just tell a story. It's like, you know what? Why don't I? I know. I love history. I love stories. A big part of acting is telling stories. That's pretty much what acting is. Sure. So like, of course. Why don't of course. I, yeah, why don't I just go ahead and do that? I've never seen anyone doing that before. I'll be the first one. I know some pretty cool stories. So I'm like, okay, perfect. I'm, let me try that when I uh, get out of the shower. So get out of the shower. I go and I think of the first story I want to talk about, which is one of my favorite stories of all time. It's about this guy named Vasily Arkhipov. And he literally, Fetty, is the reason why there was no World War III. If it wasn't for him, the U.S. would have been hit by a nuclear warhead from the Russians. This is 100% true. It's freaking crazy. He literally single-handedly stopped the U.S. from getting nuked. So it's a crazy freaking story. Um, yeah, so that's insane. It's, it's crazy. So I'm like, okay, I love this story so much. I know people are going to like it. So I, I'm going on. I start telling this story. And I basically um, type up like bullets of what I want to say. I find these pictures. I'm like, okay, perfect. So I say my story, um, and it's 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 a longer story, so it's a two part story. Okay, so I do my first story, 
Um, I, I upload it and um, I do my second story. By the way, Fetty, my goal is only to take these, save them, and then put them on Instagram. That's all I want to do. So I'm like, right, okay. I do this, post it, and then I start um, doing the second one. I finish the second one, finish the story, I post it, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? My first story, my first video already had like thousands of views. I already had literally like hundreds of followers. It's like, what the heck is with this app? This is insane. So I'm like already, I'm like at this point, you know when your adrenaline kicks in and you're almost like shaking from happiness? That was me. Yep. That was me. So I literally stayed up that night and did so many stories. Did another one about Colonel Sanders, about how he failed so many times before someone accepted his recipe for, for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yo, how do you, okay, this is, this is something that I always think of when I come across your posts because this stuff is mad interesting and it's super random and it's like, how do you come up with this stuff? Like, how do you find what to talk about? It's so random, bro, but it's yeah. so interesting. Thank you, thank you. So it's a good question. In the beginning, I just... I love history, bro. Like I spend, you can ask my sister, uh, you know, Monica. So, uh, yes, she used to yes. hate it. Every time we'd like be chilling, anytime I'd eat any <laughs> meal, literally any meal I'm eating, I'm watching a documentary. I'm reading a story. I'm like learning about something. I love history. So I'm always like soaking things in. So in the beginning, I was just straight. I just had made it an entire list of things I want to talk about. And I'll just hit that list one by one and go through so many things. Um, I also got recommendations from other people of certain stories to sell and stuff like that. So I had so many stories that I wanted to say. And then at that point, it kind of got to where I started doing research. So I started dedicating about an hour a day. So I'll dedicate an hour a day to coming up with a story, um, coming up with like the, the pictures, the right way to say it. So it's the most interesting. Um, also I started to learn about how the TikTok algorithm works, what, what works best for bringing an audience and keeping them engaged. So I ended up, how do you how do you begin researching that stuff? Where do you start with that? About like stories, like and the stuff algorithm like that. parts. So the no, algorithm no, no, is, like the algorithm parts. So it comes down to the same thing as before. It's all testing and seeing what works. So uh, by that time, I had built some connections. Um, I had kind of met other people that are on TikTok that are doing like cool stories, and I started to see what they're doing and what's working for them, and then I started to emulate what's working. You know, I wouldn't copy their stories, but I'd see what their videos. Their video blew up. What about it? blew it up. So I'd be studying it. And then I'd say, okay, this, 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 let me try that. So I tried a video and that would blow up. Like, okay, perfect. Let me include that now on a go forward basis and to see until this doesn't work anymore. And then I'll change things around. So it all comes down to testing and seeing what works. That's very interesting, man. Like it's, you know, first of all, it's insane that all of this happened in under a year that you actually became verified like it's one thing to build the following um but to actually get that blue check like an under a year it's pretty crazy man like i want to know like was it one post that blew everything up or was it every post just cumulative adding up and then like how did you eventually get the the blue check mark like did they reach out to you and say hey you know you have a very high volume page we're gonna give you this check or did you reach out to them being like yo you know make me legit you know give me that blue check i need it <laughs> make me legit like, what no, was that process like, like? I, was, I was lucky man um because I was one of the first people to get into the storytelling niche, I guess. Um, I kind of caught their attention early. And because there's a lot of educational stuff, and TikTok was trying to uh, blow up the more educational side of things. So um, they actually reached out to me on Instagram. Um, the you know the actual TikTok account reached out to me. And this was, I had, I think, around 250,000 followers, which is really little for someone to be verified. But I kind of had my own unique spin on it. At that point, I had my whole So Keep Up. 
you know, so keep up. And yeah, so yeah, you had a personality thing. know me and, and stuff like that. So um, they reached out to me. They hooked me up with a, a TikTok rep and we chatted on the phone. And I was like, you know what? How do we get verified? All this kind of stuff. He put me through to the verification team. And lo and behold, 24 hours later, I was verified. This was about, I would say, three months in, three or, yeah, three or four months into me doing TikTok. So from there, wow. I kind of just moved from there, yeah. <laughs> Bro, what the heck? It's, it was, How it's does a crazy that, like, ride. three, four months, man? That's insane. Um, yeah. Did you have to pay anything to get that? Or did they give it to you as like, hey, we see what, what your page is capable of. Here you go. No, you never have to pay for that. So anyone yeah. tells you have to pay, okay. that's not right. Because I've, I've honestly, I don't think that you have to pay all the time. But I think that some people do pay because they need it and they probably can't get it the, the normal way. So they probably like put, put some. I'm sure there's accounts that give you the blue check. All the things I see with paid, I've only seen scams for things that are paid. But I could be wrong. There might be companies that know how to do it and will pay you to be able to set that up. So, right. for example, on Instagram, I want to, you know, I don't really care so much. But um, I know the process of getting verified on Instagram is you have to have like, um, you have to have maybe articles written about you. Or you have to have a, a presence online. So if someone Googles your name, there are multiple things that come up about you, right? So right, what, okay. I don't know how it works on TikTok really, but that's how it does on Instagram. So people that are that you pay to verify you on Instagram, that's what they do. They set up an entire profile for you online. So people, they have like articles written about you, stuff like that. So when Instagram looks you up, they see that, okay, you actually are someone that people know and you should be actually verified. You know, okay. so yeah, that's that stuff works. That I seems pretty fair. No, that's fair. It seems like a reasonable approach for sure. Now, mm-hmm. I want to know if you've been able to monetize your TikTok personality in the sense where are people hitting your page off for advertisements? Because as we know, with social media, um, a lot of these companies, that's how they make their money, right? Off advertisements and, and all that stuff. And they usually target accounts that have high traffic, high followers. Um, so mm-hmm. have you been able to find a way to monetize the your TikTok personality yeah. or does TikTok hinder you from doing that? No, they definitely don't hinder you. Um, I was surprised, honestly, at the potential revenue from it. Um, for me, I, I was fortunate, man, like because I, I have like all my other businesses and stuff like that. So for me, I wasn't as in, much of in a rush to build to get paid off it. So I didn't do any ads until I was actually I did one ad when I was around 400,000 followers, um, a small ad for a company that reached out to me. But other than that, I didn't do anything until I reached a million followers. Once I had a million, I started doing ads for different apps like app downloads. Um, and that worked really right, well. Yeah. There's a, there's a significant amount of money in that field of things. Um, so that I enjoyed. The problem with that is there's a lot of up and down, right? You can make tons of money one week and then not that much money the other week. So I, I started to try to build some, uh, some great partnerships with companies um, and develop these like brand deals. <clears throat> so I eventually actually um, built partnerships with um, a few companies. Two of the main ones that are ongoing are with Bang Energy. Um, so Bang Energy and I, we have a good relationship and, um, I actually had a bang today. It's honestly, it's the most delicious energy drink. I'm not just saying that cause, um, I work with them, <laughs> but it's so good. Um, I yeah. give them to literally everyone that wants to try. So Bang Energy, we have a great relationship. And also I have an amazing relationship with the people at Airtime. It's this awesome, awesome app. Um, it allows you to video chat with your friends while watching YouTube videos and, and movies and stuff like that. So it's really cool. But um, I have a relationship with them where I go on every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific, to do scary stories. So uh, we do scary stories for an hour. It's super fun. And that kind of stuff is um, 
you know, how I like to monetize things because I understand how much I'm going to make. Um, we have a great relationship and, and I'm, I am talking to some other companies now for some other deals, but, um, right now these are the two that I'm, I'm consistent with. And, um, I also do app downloads still every so often if I think of a good story that works with a certain app that I really like. So stuff like that I run as well. But, um, for the most part, that's what I'm doing right now to monetize things. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, the, the money, the money is, is, uh, is quite good. Um, and I'm not, I'm not complaining about it. I'm, I'm happy with it. It's, um, it's, it's a good, healthy kind of, uh, income for, for me on the side, especially since I enjoyed the whole TikTok thing. I, I love doing videos. I love, you know, sure. having this connection with people. And, and I'm fortunate because people seem to like it too. That's why I've kind of built a following and stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely been a very yeah, fun sure. experience. Can TikTok play the role of a full-time job in someone's life or is it not quite that lucrative of a business? Absolutely. I know people that uh, spend a lot of time working on TikTok, but like they're making people, you might not believe how much they're making, but I'm, I'm saying like between ten and $20,000 a week just doing TikTok ads and stuff like that. Um, wow. So you can make, like it, there's a significant amount of money in it. Um, you just kind of got to be consistent with it. Got to find your own kind of niche and you just got to work at it. You know, it's just like anything else. Like I said, yeah. getting above all sure. else, life rewards effort. You're, I've always found that if I work really hard at something, something's going to click. My luck, my luck gets better the harder I work. So Chris, you mentioned that you were hoping, you know, earlier you said you have a passion for, for acting, you know, you're taking classes and you're, you're finding your way hopefully into that pocket someday. Mm. And you mentioned to me off air that you're hoping to use your TikTok presence and your brand to sort of catapult you almost into that sort of career. So can you talk about some of the opportunities that you've seen in that regard? Um, have there been any at all from from the results of being you know a TikTok star, essentially? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, I basically spend a lot of time right now on my businesses. I've I've kind of grown just from Shopify and I've, I'm working like with insurance companies now to get leads for them and we're building some really big branded stores and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm pretty focused on that and it's not to say I don't, I love acting still. I just have, I've kind of found that for the next few months I want to just focus on this and really get things going before I do that. But with that being said, um, it has opened up a lot of doors. I've had people reach out to me from the States. I've had people reach out to me to, for like, agencies and managers and stuff like that, which has been very, very cool. Um, I haven't yet committed to um, different um, agencies or anything like that, but I am very interested in it. I've also been really lucky to have a relationship with TikTok and, um, you know, it kind of sucks because of COVID, but pre-COVID, they invited me to come down to LA to see the headquarters, to meet a bunch of influencers and do stuff with them. A lot of those influencers also happen to be actors, you know, people on Netflix, um, stuff like that. And I do, I mean, it's it's kind of all the whole online presence. That helps anybody because if you have a good online presence, um, producers, directors, they want, well, producers more so, they want you because you are now an entire marketing machine in and of yourself. You know, The Rock gets sure. paid so much money because he has such a, loyal base, loyal following that everyone that follows him, they know his movie's going to come out. They'll go watch it just because of him. You know, and I have a lot of people ask sure. me what For movies sure. I'm in, stuff like that. So, you know, having this following, it helps. Um, you still have to be a good actor. So I'm still working on my 
my craft every single week. I do like private lessons. I do group lessons. I do a lot of stuff um, with my studio, Alza Acting Studio. So I still do a lot of work with them consistently because I want to stay sharp. I want to stay really good at what I at what I do um, because I know when I'm ready to go, which is going to be hopefully early next year. Um, I'm going to want to be able to go to LA, spend maybe a month or two there and just meet people, connect and start building that up. Yeah, that sounds like a great plan, man. I really hope uh, hope it all comes true. Thank I know you. you're you're you definitely setting yourself up successfully. Yeah. Okay. Done. We'll we'll record a per, an in person uh, second episode of this Perfect. to check in on how everything's going with the acting career on the Hollywood um, side. My last <laughs> exactly exactly. Um, my last question to you, Chris, before I let you go. How have your how has your life changed since becoming you know a noticeable face? Because on TikTok, it's it's you like you're not hiding yourself. You're not masking yourself. This is who you are. This is your face. And we all know that, you know, every person that's aged like eight to 18 is on TikTok 18 hours a day minimum. So there's a lot like a large you know likelihood that if you are verified and have over a million followers that you're a pretty recognizable face. So have you seen any changes at all in the in your everyday life? Like, are you noticed more at the mall? Um, do you have to act different? Like, are you like an ambassador now of your own brand? <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a couple things. I mean, um, I do feel a little bit like some, some, like I, I should carry myself kind of in a, I guess, more respectable way in public, I guess. I have been recognized a few times. Like I, it doesn't really affect me really, but I have been recognized a couple times, um, in public and stuff like that. And it's like freaking weird. Like it's crazy, but it's um, so weird. That has happened. <laughs> One of the biggest things, honestly, Manny, between me and you, every time I go to a wedding or any time I go and see people that I haven't seen in a while, they're like, yo, I saw you on TikTok. I'm like, yo, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's or, crazy or as of like two months ago, you were on the score, which was huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you did you notice that or did you try to get on the score or did you just realize that they had shared your post? Um, I realized it when I think I don't. I woke up or I, I wasn't on my phone, and then I got like DMs from like twenty different people, all sending me the same thing from the score. I was like, oh, definitely something happened. So I checked, and it was my face on the score. So I was like, that's pretty freaking crazy. Um, so that was really yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that was really really cool. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So obviously like from that, that and oh sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say from that and weddings and stuff, of course, you're going to have mad people from the community being like, yo, I saw you on TikTok, man. I saw you on social media. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's been a very interesting experience uh, to say the Yeah, least. absolutely. Well, I mean, look, it's just, it's not even a year yet, so you're just scratching the surface, man. Like, uh, I really, really hope that this all works out for you. I think you're, you're doing a great job preparing yourself for that step, and you just got to keep going. And I remember I, I tried to release a few TikTok, TikToks earlier in the year, man, and yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and I don't think people fully realize it until they actually try to do it. It's a lot of work. And I, I don't know. I felt personally that the TikTok app itself is kind of basic in terms of functionality, like functionality. Like, it makes makes it a lot harder to record than it needs to be but i you know i haven't been on since literally like april so i'm not the best person to to talk to about that yeah i mean there's there's pros and cons with the system you just kind of gotta spend the time with it and commit to it if you're gonna do it you know what i mean but yo chris Mm -hmm. with that being said man i want to give you back the rest of your evening um i do appreciate your time again and uh, you know obviously been trying to get this done for a while and I was very interested to hear about what you had to say. So uh, with, with that being said, man, I appreciate your time again, and I wish you all success. Thank you, Fanny. I really appreciate it, man. It was a blast talking to you, um, and I hope your listeners get something out of it.
Yeah, I, I hope they do as well, man. That's the whole reason we're here. But I appreciate you again and enjoy the rest of your evening, bro. Thank you, buddy. You too, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that was TikTok celeb Chris Fahmy. And uh, did you keep up? No, I'm just playing. Uh, shout out to you, Chris, on um, you know everything that you've done. You know, one thing I found super interesting about Chris that's very different from the rest of my guests is that I found that the rest of my guests all had one main business or main baby per se that they that they take care of. But it seems like Chris has six equal equally sized businesses. You know, with all the different streams of revenue that he's got going. So, um, you know, I wish you nothing but the best, man. I hope you find a way and a you know a way to excel in being an actor and and exploring that. And it's just nice to see people from the community venturing out and doing what they love to do and you know following their passions. And not everyone can become verified in three four months. You know, and have. Two million plus followers, whatever the case may be, after or under a year. So, shout out to you, Chris. I hope all the best. And to all my listeners, you know where to find us on Listener, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, I appreciate your constant support and ideas for new guests. Please keep them coming my way. You know where to find me, and I'll come at you next. Thank you.